Starting up with Jamie Crick. Hello, it's that time of the week where we burst onto the podcast stage and bring you Acting Up, your theatre week. And I went to see Company with a fabulous cast who I spoke to before the show was launched. So a chance again to hear from Rosalie Craig, Mel Giedroyk and Patty Lapone. It is daunting, but also it's not very often you really get to do a whole Sundown production. Usually it's a concert version or a song here and there, but I'm really, really keen to get started. Also today, Kerry Ellis. Hello, hello. We'll also be talking to the lovely Joe McKeldry, who's on tour currently with Club Tropicana. We're chatting to him and where he's performing at the moment. And our poor Johnny is poorly, yeah, so he's not him. with us. But we'll be speaking to Isla Matthews, who got in touch with the lighting team at the Savoy Theatre. Plus, we'll be back at Joe Allen's for their view of the week from the team there. It's all on Acting Up Today. So we're on our Todd this week. It's we're just on you our and me. Own. I mean, it's lovely. It's lovely to be here, you know, because without lovely. the interruptions. And you look very smart. You've taken you. on the, you know, you've taken yeah. on the dapper the, the outfit thing. Yeah, I thought I'd do a bit. Well, I was going to wear a, like a pelican shirt. <laughs> with, with, Poor with, Johnny. I, yeah, yeah. He's poorly. I bet. I hope he's sitting at home in his bright shirts, making himself feel yeah, better. Yeah, making himself feel better and, and enjoying the show today. And uh, he's got a bit of a chest infection, so we thought that rather than having wheezing around like Theresa May, we'd actually. <laughs> <laughs> we give him a, a hot Horlicks and so <laughs> tell him to sit You know, there. I've been listening to that, that speech a lot at the moment because I've been obviously touring up and down the country still with Collaborate and I've been doing a lot of long drives and I love a bit of talk radio at night and uh, I've heard that speech over and over and I just feel, would somebody just give her a give, throat, give her lodging a throat lodging or something yeah, or a honestly, hot tea? Sounds like a Dalek, <laughs> bless her. You know, she doesn't want to come across with that image. Well, I went to see Company last week, <gasps> Ooh. which was amazing and I love the new production because I saw the uh, the previous production with Adrian Lester, but yes. this this is different because, of course, Bobby is played by Rosalie Craig, yeah. but you've still got Patty Lapone there, West End legend. Amazing. Jonathan Bailey is fabulous. Really? Because Amy becomes Jamie oh. in it. So Jamie's getting married today, and he is uh, he uh, d- deserves a mention for how he steals half the show, oh, I need to, to be honest. I see it. I still um, need to get to see it. And Milky's voice is just terrific. It really is a great ensemble piece, and I can understand why it's extended. Earlier last year, I got the chance to meet the three principals in the show and talk to them about what was coming up. Now, everyone was very excited about the new production, but didn't know much more than uh, was being told to us at the time. That obviously Bobby was a woman, and of course played by Rosalie Craig. So how long do you have to be at the Gilgood Theatre before they let you redecorate? You know, uh, I'm in. Uh, it's in process. You know, I'm, I, I've got it all going on backstage. Got interiors up. No, I know. How does it feel to take on a Sondheim? For me, what's a Sondheim classic like this? It is daunting, but also it's not very often you really get to do a whole Sondheim production. Usually, it's a concert version or a song here and there. But I'm really, really keen to get started. Obviously, we were announced a while back, so it's been on my mind for a while, and. I really genuinely can't wait to start. A lot of people talking about the fact that the role of Bobby has changed from being played by a man to a woman. And I'm just wondering, should we be talking about that in in this day and age? Because in some respects, it sort of shows that we still haven't moved on in this discussion and debate. Do you know, that's really interesting. I was just saying that to somebody that I'd really like to get to the point in all areas of the world and life that we don't have to highlight the fact that these things are happening so you see a female protagonist and it's not it doesn't have to be given so much 
weight to it or, or you it see it is. it just happens yeah. yeah and it's part of everyday life and I feel a lot that in certainly in theatre and television we're constantly saying we need to have diversity we need to have this this and this to make it fair but surely if these things just are in place and we don't talk about them and they're not referenced then it will be a true representation and we will have actually become a diverse community if that actually happens like you say without having to highlight it all the time I think obviously in this because it's sometimes maybe one of his most popular successful musicals and the fact that he was it's quite famous for being a man isn't it and, and all the things that go with that on his journey I suppose that's why it's being highlighted but yes I, I, well, I hope we will get to that place where it's just a commonplace and just in terms of I know you did a, as a showcase you put together if you like what it would be to have Bobby as a woman for Stephen Sondheim to see which I mean for me that would have been scary but well, I mean how did it feel to do that I suppose because he wasn't in the room that was easier I think if he'd been there it would have been terrifying it was scary in the sense that I was scared that we wouldn't get to keep doing it I was scared that it was such a good idea and I really believed in it and that we had such a good time in this particular workshop and I just thought if he says no and if he says no to Marianne because I know that he's been desperate to work with her for years and years who that's not going to happen it's not going to happen that's not going to be realised Mel let me ask you about Sondheim I mean and being in the show are you excited about it? I'm extremely excited I'm not going to say I'm completely kind of yeah I've got this totally nailed I'm going to work hard, definitely, particularly on the old vocals. Although, thankfully, I don't have a huge solo. I think I've got some sort of trio, duet slash trio. I mean, it would scare the hell out of me to, to be going on stage, particularly with, you know, Rosalie Craig and Patti LuPone and so on, and there you are doing this. But that's part of the charm of the show, because it's that little ensemble thing, isn't it? Everyone is part of the show almost all the time. Do you know what? The thing that I love most about doing theatre is it's about the gang. It's about the people that you're on stage with and you're all in a communal endeavour to try and give the audience, you know, the best two and a half hours or whatever it is that they've had. So I take great comfort in knowing that I think there's 14 of us and I kind of think there's going to be some absolutely brilliant people in there as well, of course, as Rosie Craig and Patti Lupone, who are kind of the leading lights. But I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Marianne is so much fun. Her kind of policy is, look, it's not worth doing this if we're not having a good time. Do you know what I mean? What is the point of doing a theatre show if you're not having a good time? I'm Ma- sorry. Marianne was talking about, you know, changing Bobby from being a man yeah. to a woman. And there's a sort of sense of people are going, wow, this is really groundbreaking, it's really different. So yeah. should it be? I think it's been going on for a while, hasn't it, this kind of gender. I like to say, actually, I did a very, very weak production of King Lear when I was a student back in 1990. And we played all the men's parts, the girls, and the guys played all the women's parts. We all shaved our heads and we took it in a beige bus across Europe. No one liked it. Everyone hated it. They thought it was the most pretentious piece of twaddle they'd ever seen. But I just want to get that in there. We were there in 1990 in that beige bus. You talked about Sondheim, you talked about uh, West Side Story, of yeah. course, he wrote the lyrics for that. Could you pick now, and it could be from the show, yeah. a sort of like a favourite Sondheim song? There's a question. It's Well, for me, it's got to be Geoffrey Krupke from West Side Story. 
I mean, that is, listen to those lyrics. The wordplay, the comedy, the tragedy in it, all these kids kind of going to the dogs. It's bloody hilarious, that song. I love that song. I'm going to bow down in front of Sondheim and just say, mate, Krupke. I think that'll be my first word to him when I meet him. Krupke. See how, see how he uh, takes that. We'll see. I next spoke to Patti Lapone and asked her what it is about Sondheim's work that resonates so much with his audiences. How do I say this? I mean, it sounds so cliche, but he, he absolutely hooks into an emotion and an intellect, and um, he's complicated, as we all are, and it's also extremely beautiful music. You've been an actor and performer for many years. When you go on and perform his songs, do different things come to mind each time you interpret his work? I always lead with the lyrics. I have to make sense of the story, and if if, if a song um, has a wonderful melody and the two ma- are married, then you have a brilliant song. And more often than not, they're not. That's Steve Sondheim. And does your, your own personal experiences affect the way you portray characters? That's true of any actor, that your personal experiences will... will you can draw on personal experiences to create a character. I don't know yet exactly what experiences in my life that I'll draw on, if any, for Joanne. We'll see how Marianne directs me. So there we are, Patty Lapone and Rosalie Craig. Oh, you socialise with all the greats. I know, we were at Joe Allen's, funnily enough, oh. doing, doing that. So we'll why be... don't I get invited to these yeah, outings? I know, I know. Well, you should go, why, why don't we go down to Joe <laughs> Allen's one time? And just invite all our showbiz friends. We'll get you and Johnny singing at the piano. <laughs> and um, Well, Johnny can play. We should, definitely. Less of the singing. We definitely should. And we can have a look at the artwork on the walls and all that sort of bit stuff. A bit of dinner, a bit of singing. I mean, yeah. it's very showbiz. That'd be marvellous, people leaving by the... No, they wouldn't, of course. <laughs> there'd be, there'd be huge, huge crowds. <laughs> no. This is Acting Up, your theatre week. Now you can get in touch with us. Hello at actinguppod.com. And of course, we'd love you to subscribe to the podcast right now and uh, give us a review. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a few five stars on there if you want to click on that. And uh, it's free. Subscribe and you can listen to us every week. It's something you... threatening about the way you say that, but in a really nice way. <laughs> and tell all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell all your friends and get them to subscribe to Acting Up. And each week we'll be looking at uh, your theatre week. Speaking of which, let's look at um, some news stories this week. Louise Redknapp confirmed she's going to rejoin Ooh. the cast of 9 to 5. This is uh, After that accident, because um, I, that must be quite difficult to do. If you're an actor, you've been on stage, something has gone wrong, as things do, and then to go away and recuperate and then come back and say, no, it's fine, I'll do it all again. And also she was in the original rehearsals and she, so she did all that prep and then she had the accident and then I was actually there at the opening night and she sat right in front of me and that must be really difficult to see somebody go on and play the role that you were... Having done all the work. Yeah, but um, I think it's great that she's going back in. I hope that people go and support the show. I believe it's already doing brilliantly so I'm sure people were going to see her and and good luck to her because that's a daunting thing to be able to do and uh, yeah good luck Louise. Yeah it's going to be um, uh, quite fun to do though and it's uh, Savoy Theatre by the way till August 31st we're going to talk to the lighting team at the Savoy Theatre a little later on. Aladdin have you seen the Aladdin trailers uh, for the movie? I Looks, haven't. They're absolutely fantastic and of course it just brings the Disney magic of the stage show it's just, to the silver screen. I mean it's just amazing isn't it? Who doesn't love 
Disney. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's another... I love the fact that all these films are being made. It's brilliant for musical theatre that these massive films are being made into musical films. I think it's wonderful. Is it, or do you think, like, you know, as a performer on stage, that if they make too many of these things into films and, and, and TV shows, people won't go to the theatre? You know, I actually, this I'm going to do a proper name drop here, but I was actually, I did a little um, show at the uh, Stables on Sunday and it was so much fun. Anyway, my dad was poorly and he couldn't make it and he's a big fan, he comes to everything, but I live streamed it on Instagram. I mean, I'm I'm a bit technophobe anyway, but I went for it and it was, it was really great. Anyway, I got talking to um, my dear friend, Dr. Brian May afterwards and said, uh, you know, I did this live stream, which he watched and he thought it was great. And I said, but I don't think I'm going to do it too often because it will stop people coming to my shows. And he he made a brilliant point of that. He was watching the comments that pop up when you do the live stream. And he said there were people from all over the world tuning in and watching the performance. And he said, I actually think it's a small minority that would perhaps sit at home instead of coming to the live event if they could. And I think that's the same with these films. You know, I don't yeah. think it... I think a live show is interesting and people go because it's live and they want to be part of that environment and they want to be in that room with all those other peoples and it's a one-off experience. I don't think it's going to affect Well, it's musicals. a bit like saying that um, in Premiership football. I wish Johnny was here and he could say, oh, not another mention of sport. <laughs> we like to get our, our sport <laughs> yeah. in. <laughs> when you think about it, uh, you know, how many people go and see football and it's, uh, you know, the Premiership Absolutely. is one of the richest leagues in the world. Absolutely. And yet it's still on TV. So you don't have to go to the stadium but it's part of going to see it and being part of the crowd and the performance which is so special absolutely that live experience i mean i, I mean my husband's in football and you know it's not my favorite thing on the television at home but when we go to a live game together i i love it i love that electricity and i think it's the same with theater it's an it's a unique experience that people are giving and uh, and I, I don't think it's going to affect it the thing about aladdin i like is that um it's actually uh, guy ritchie who's directed it i just think guy ritchie is like you know give it a bit of attitude mate you know it's like let's <laughs> make it a bit grungy i think it's you know? brilliant i think it's agrab gonna... with the gangs it's, it's, you know i think it's great though when you when you look at somebody slightly outside the box or somebody that's going to turn it on its head and bring some a different life to it i think it's fantastic yeah, and of course it'd be a great one of those great dvds you can put the kids in front of <laughs> no. let's be honest we <laughs> don't it? do that as parents no, what are you of talking course about not. God, put, just put aladdin on <laughs> and let's go and get a glass of wine <laughs> five minutes silence so Birmingham Hippodrome is turning 120 uh, this year. Wow. It originally opened, I didn't know this was a circus space in uh, 1899, but some of the things they're doing this year are extraordinary, not to at least West Side Story and The Colour Purple, two great sort of stories from American theatre and uh, slightly different as well and in terms of the eras and so on, but spectacular. Amazing. The Birmingham Hippodrome is just it's amazing. I love the space. It's it's beautiful. And, and I think there are certain like theatres that people go to just because it's the theatre. The Albert Hall is, is one of those places. And I think the Hippodrome is another one. And good luck to it. it it's great that it brings such diverse material. And I think this is going to be fantastic. And a lot of the big number one shows go in there anyway as well, touring... So you do get to see some of the big, like Les Miserables being in there, I know. So Yeah, they do. They do, And, and it's great because it, it, they obviously have a regular audience and, and rightly so because it's a fantastic mm. space. Joe Public, the marketing agency, closing after 10 years. 
and we were talking about marketing the other the other week and mm. how difficult that must be because I suppose you are you're living on the edge of the theatre world promoting the theatre and so on and trying to make you know people go marketing to is the theatre but it's it? so key to what happens it can kill or cure you know a, a show it, it really can because it, essentially however great your show is if people don't know about it and especially with things like social media now people need to have things literally in front of their face to say go see this tomorrow because otherwise it won't be there anymore and and yeah marketing can can save or or not save mm. a show you know mm. and uh, this is an interesting one we were uh, we'd be talking about the work life balance for actors and people in the theatre <laughs> with shows launching early and you've mentioned i know when there's no interval kind of makes the, well first of all you you're in the zone for the whole show mm. secondly of course there's that thing about leaving the theatre at a decent time and uh, now backstage staff are saying there's a lack of work-life balance working regularly 15 to 18 hour days i mean yeah i mean which i guess they do when you think about it cast members you know we obviously say it's a, a very difficult balance but the crew i mean the, the crew on the tour that i'm on at the moment the hours that they work is insane we obviously come in and we do our sound check and we do the show and then we go home or we go to the hotel but the crew they've got to strike everything they've got to take the whole the... set down move yep. it to the next venue put it up again and it's it's constant and it's the same in western theaters they work so many hours so yeah i mean maybe a, a one act or slightly lengthier you know one act show would be great although it's not great Trouble for the bars if it's, if it's wicked or something <laughs> then it's a long time to wait for it is, the, and some the... of those shows just need need that extra time yeah they? yeah and uh, speaking of um how audiences react to shows tina turner mm. um they've had to tailor the pre-show announcement to remind audiences they're seeing a show and not a concert, <laughs> which must mean that audiences are just getting into it. But you would, it's Tina Turner. It's one of those shows. I mean, who's not going to get up and kind of dance and do, uh, what's this? And we're rolling. I'm doing the dance. Rolling. Yeah, Nutbush City. And, <laughs> who's uh, not going to yeah, do that? Simply the best. I think we should I mean, encourage could, it. <laughs> <laughs> what about, though, if you, I mean, because it's interesting, American audiences... You know, if you go to a show there, first of all, you want to say, could you all shut up? I'm British. <laughs> what, what is this thing? Because they talk, don't they? They, they do talk, but yeah. they do sit down. I think we are, we get nervous and get up, I think, right. when we make a noise. It's very British, isn't it? it is. <laughs> I'm making a noise, I've got it's to stand up. A, I don't know what to do now, so I'll stand up <laughs> <laughs> and do some dancing. Um, well, there we are. No news um, on uh, Johnny this week, by the way, because he's uh, a little bit ill, but it's Kerry Ellis and it's Jamie Crick here uh, with your acting up, your theatre week. And remember, we love to hear from you with how your theatre week's been going so you can get in touch hello at actinguppod.com is the place to uh, drop us a note we like to hear all the gossip don't we we do we do and it can be anything we just want to hear if you're enjoying the show we want to hear all your news get in touch with us let's talk about a new show that's touring yeah, well, one I've got in mind is a high energy, lots of fun, and a dear, dear friend of mine is in it. I'm talking about Club Tropicana, and we caught up with the wonderful Joe McKeldry. He was on a, a pig farm, and I, I had to ask him, what are you doing on a pig farm? <laughs> <laughs> we are down in Plymouth with uh, Club Tropicana, uh, and we've got a out today, and we've come to a place called Pennywell Farm, which is a, you can meet, like, miniature pigs and hold them and feed the lambs and... We're all pretending we're five year olds again, I think. <laughs> but but if but if you like if you have a day out as a cast, don't you want to do something like I don't know, you know, go, go to out? a spa? Yeah, go to a spa or do <laughs> a pig farm. Well, to be fair, you know, I made it at the start of this tour that I was going to do things through the day because you know what, you guys know what it's like when you're doing shows. Sometimes 
you fall into that trap of like, oh, you know, I need to rest my voice and I need to kind of stay in and just watch telly and chill out and kind of rest for the show. You know, I've been doing this for 10 years now and I realised I never get to see any cities. Yeah. And I never get to see any places. So I've kind of made a pact on this tour to get up early on a morning and go out and see places and go to nice coffee shops and the pig farm. So oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so brilliant. You know, I've tried to do that. I think the older I get, the more, you know, you want to appreciate what's around you and meet some people and see what's the local highlight. And, and it's fun. It makes touring kind of a bit more interesting or else it's just hotel room to hotel room. But how's the show yeah. going? Are you loving the show? I've been watching your Instagram stories and it looks like you're having a ball. I am having the most fun I've had in a long time. Um, <laughs> One, because the cast are fabulous and we all get on great and it's a great bunch of people. But secondly, the show is just so much fun to be a part of. It's just a great comedy, light-hearted night out. And, you know, when you start off a new musical, you never know how it's going to be received. And the audiences are literally lapping it up. They're loving it. So it makes our job really easy. You know, they're up at the end singing and dancing along and just having a great time. Well, so they love you. Genuinely having the you tour well, around the country. Fun. You tour around the country as yourself normally, anyway, though, don't you? You do big tours, big solo tours. So you kind of have this, this support around the country. Are all those people coming to the musical? Yeah, I mean, I've been really blessed with a very, very supportive fan base that have kind of stuck by us, and they're they're all coming, they're all supporting us as well. And I think what the great thing about this is this show. Obviously, it's all around the eighties. The storyline is based in the eighties. The music's all music as well. So we're getting a lot of people that spent a lot of their time all those years ago getting ready for the nights out with all their 80s music on and stuff oh. and it's um, Oh, do you remember that? that? Ca- oh, no, I'm far too young <laughs> yeah, to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of the show, do people really get joining in with it and so on? They obviously sound like they're coming out for a bit of a party night. Yeah, well, the way my character is put across to the audience from the beginning, I, I play the entertainment manager and my first scene with the audience is basically where I treat the audience as if they're the hotel guests. And I kind of do a full introduction speech as if they've arrived at the hotel and we get them up on their feet. We teach them like the hotel dance routine, you know, like one of those cheesy hotels Brilliant. that um, we've all been to. Um, and uh, so I think from that minute onwards, they know they're allowed to kind of be a part of the show and be yeah. involved in it. So we do have quite a bit of audience participation in oh. it, which for performers, it's great. You it know, is, it, yeah. it, it makes the show go so Now, I've got a question. Any difference between audiences, say, in the north, the south, the west, Wales, England, you know, how are they different? Well, I think you'll agree with this as well, Kerry. It's going to be diplomatic. They respond to completely different things. Yeah. So an audience, say, up in Scotland would find something hilarious and an audience down south would find something else completely different, mm. hilarious, you know. But I find that exciting. I find finding out what works with different audiences. I find it a bit of a challenge and it's, it keeps you on your toes. So I, I enjoy that part of it, but it can also throw you as well because if you start to kind of know that a line that you're delivering is going to be really funny and then you go somewhere and they don't laugh, you're like, oh my God, I'm not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's what I was going to say. It'd be that if it falls flat in its face, you think, what have I done? What happened? Well, what, what, we're find, what we're finding with the, with, with the show, with Club Shop Corner is... There's moments where the kind of setup comedy that is designed to be the, the instant last funny moment, in certain places, they find it absolutely hilarious and they go for it. And then in other places, 
bits that weren't even supposed to be funny, they're <laughs> laughing their heads off at. And it just shows you that people just respond to things differently. Oh, I love that so much. Um, it sounds like the show was written for you. I mean, it, you see the posters and it just looks like this show was just designed for you. And were you involved in it very early on? Were you involved in like the creating of it or in, the, in any of the writing? Or was it literally day one of rehearsals, you were cast and that was it? Well, I had a meeting with them in October, the producers, and they said, would you come in to chat about the role? And I sang through one of the songs and they said, this is kind of the idea, the entertainment manager, blah, 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 blah. And then in December, we all sat down as the full cast with the writers and we did a full read through of the script, which obviously you don't normally get that kind of so far in advance from rehearsals. And I think when they saw everybody sat down together, for example, there was bits that I'd said in my accent that were really funny because of my strong northern accent. So they kind of <laughs> embellished on bits like that. You don't have an so accent, went, Joe. Kind of, we were... <laughs> I don't know what he's talking oh, you know. about. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so they went away kind of reworked things and kind of jigged things to, to suit each character individually, which has worked amazingly. They, they were really clever in the way they did that. That's so lovely. And is it a far cry from Joseph, your Joseph days? <laughs> is it completely different? Well, first of all... First of all, not having to do 10 shows a week is, 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 is yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, yes. very, it's a very, very different show and it's a very, very different style of performance. And obviously this is my first time playing a comedy role. So that's been a challenge in itself and kind of learning how that works. And I love that, you know, and I, I always just want to try things that make you better as a performer, yeah. you know, and kind of push you outside your comfort zone. Oh, and you're brilliant for that. You take on anything that's kind of thrown your way and, and, and just completely absorb it and, and you're you're just a star and we love you. Where are you at the moment? So we're in Plymouth this week and then we go to York the week after and then Brighton. That's and, for the next three weeks. And is, how long does the tour last? When do you finish? We finish August. Oh, so we've so got, still got a bit while of time, yet. bit of time. Joe, it's really good to talk to you and uh, enjoy the pigs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans. Dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. It's Mr. Saturday Night himself. <laughs> it's Sam O'Leary. Jeffers, what should we be keeping an eye on? We've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt and co. It's really worked, this comeback for ITV. You want it to be heartwarming. It's a nice... Saturday night show. Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullymore, and Mark Jeffries. It's Acting Up, your theatre week. Don't forget to subscribe. ActingUpPod.com is the place to get in touch as well. Just say hello. And we'd love to hear from you. And give us a nice review and those five stars. Otherwise, mm. Kerry will get, get her stern voice on. I'll be on my broom and I will come out and find you. And um, have you ever interviewed your husband for anything? I'm saying, you know. I haven't. And I'm glad I haven't because he'd just be dreadful. He's bad enough if I have to do a voiceover audition tape or something. And I just want him to, or I have to rehearse some lines. And I want him to just read the lines. It's painful because he starts reading all the stage directions and he gives me notes. He tells oh, me really? how. On what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm glad I don't have to. Right. Well, Johnny Bunyan is normally with us on Acting Up, but uh, he's got a bit of a chest infection this week, so he's not with us. So get well better, Johnny. But um, instead of him going backstage and looking at what's going on,
going on. Isla Matthews, who works with the team and all our mm. social media <laughs> and online stuff. Takes lovely pictures. Backstage well. takes lovely pictures and so on. <laughs> you have been interviewing your husband. I did, I did. We needed a backstage interview and I am married to the Deputy Chief LX at the Savoy Theatre. Now what's an LX? An LX. It's the, the electrical crew, so all of your lighting... Right. They make they us are. look pretty. They are All the guys, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and they work so hard over there and they've had nine to five in and probably the fastest turnaround between shows I think they've ever had. Because yeah, Dreamgirls just went out and mm. it was in, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were working through the night in teams. So one crew would come in and do the day and the next team would come in through the night. They worked so, so hard. So I thought we would go and sit down. <laughs> glass of wine. Well, quite nice to be in the same room, probably. So, you probably don't see each other a lot. So I we, know. Here we go to the Matthews sofa. <laughs> so what did you ask him? I asked him, what does a Deputy Chief LX actually do? Well, part of the house lighting team, our tasks split into two, basically. We've got the building to look after and the show. So the building looking after, self-explanatory, make sure it's up to code. But the show, we're responsible for putting the show in, maintaining the show, and then taking the show out again, hopefully after a very successful run. And how did you get into this industry? Did you train for it? Was it more a vocational thing? How, do, how does somebody start to get into working back of house in a theatre? I went to drama school. Uh, I did a technical course there, which was uh, at RADA. It was a two-year course at the time made a lot of contacts through drama school and uh, got my first show position in the West End from there. Now, we've shared on our Acting Up Pod social pages the time-lapse video you made of the Fit Up for 9 to 5, which is your resident show at the moment at the Savoy. It looks like a breeze, a two-minute video of getting a show in, but what is it actually like? What does it take and what are the hours involved in getting one show out and another one in? <laughs> the hours involved are long. This was a particularly brutal one. Dreamgirls closed on the Saturday and we began fitting up 9 to 5 the following Saturday. It was full-on, lots of overnight shifts, various teams working through the day, uh, the building didn't close, I think, for three days. And that's just the nature of the beast. The producers want the show to be open as quickly as possible. No one wants to have an empty theatre. So, yeah, it's uh, long days. Standard day, I suppose, on the fit-up is probably 8am till 9 or 10pm. Six or seven day weeks. And that's probably for a good month you're doing those hours. So you guys must be as glad as the cast when the uh, press night curtain comes down. Uh, I would say probably more pleased than the <laughs> cast. Now, I know you've been at the Savoy for a long time. Do you have a favourite show that you've worked on since you've been there? Really difficult question. I mean, I think I have shows that I've absolutely adored. I think Gypsy is probably the favourite because it was just such an amazing show to work on. Imelda Staunton was so phenomenal you could just watch that show eight times a week and not get bored of it but apart from Gypsy probably Legally Blonde really fun Sheridan Smith opened the show she was amazing it was a, a great really fun piece of theatre and in your time uh, working in the West End do you have we love an on-stage drama have you got any good stories to tell anytime something went a bit wrong or a bit awry <laughs> Uh, from my department, the problems would always be technical. Um, you know, a bit of equipment failing you, 
like on Legally Blonde, there was a show where the lighting desk changed the fade time of every single cue to two seconds midway through the show, which made for a very interesting show. <laughs> Possibly my favourite uh, from a technical point of view was um, before I was at the Savoy, Richard III, when they lost control of every single light in the, in the lighting rig apart from one and not wanting to stop the show, they took it in turns for the actor to walk downstage deliver their line in the one remaining light that worked, then they would move upstage and the next actor would come downstage and we did the whole show like that. Ollie Matthews there, talking to his wife, Isla Matthews, who works on the show. Love it. At uh, Acting Up, but also working on the show is um, is Georgia. Hello, I'm back again. <laughs> I know, yeah, there we are. These are all the backstage people who make it all happen, but uh, occasionally step front of stage or onto the street, as it were, and I don't want that to be in any way and casting aspersions because <laughs> you have been hanging about street corners again. I have again, yeah. So um, this week I thought it would be nice to ask people what shows they miss because obviously we had company and we, we heard from Rosalie and all of those. So that's coming to its end soon. So I thought, what do people miss? And here is what happened. We Will Rock You was amazing and it was really lovely because you could see it with the whole family that my dad's a massive Queen fan and I think now Bohemian Rhapsody being in the cinema there's a lot of new fans towards that sort of musical and I I just really loved it I thought it was so good and it was nice to see it with my dad as well because he's from that era and he absolutely loved it Cats we both seen Cats and it was an amazing show and we missed Kinky Boots oh, oh. yes and we that, that's the one yeah we, we missed Kinky Boots like, just wanted to return what was it about Cats that you liked? Uh, I, I would rate it top three musicals I've ever seen in my life. It was uh, the technique of all the performance was just absolutely phenomenal. That probably was Chicago. I like the music and I like the actors uh, and the presentation, of the whole thing. But it was a fun evening. Oh yeah, Dream Girls. I love Dream Girls. I, I actually saw it a bit. I walked in halfway. I never saw the full thing when I saw it. So I would. I always said I'll go back and watch it. It's not on there no more. Oh no. Yeah, I really like Dream Girls. Why? Um, because I watched the movie first, and it was very similar. And also the culture of like the American, the backstory of it, like with the whole old school vibes, old school music. I really loved that, and I feel like that was missing. Of I don't. I don't really think they have a show similar to that one on the West End. I would love that one to come back. <laughs> Out and about with the lovely Georgia Gibson with what musical shows they are missing. What have you missed? I mean, is there something, is there a show you'd like to see come back? Oh, you know, I was tragic that I missed 42nd Street. I mean, I heard it was the best kind of version at Drury Lane. My Fair Lady. Yes. I love My Fair Lady. Yeah. I know I did it, but I am slightly biased. But it's such a beautiful musical. and it, The songs the are just songs, so nice to sing. I loved it, yeah. yeah. So maybe that. Yeah, interesting. I wonder what you think. It's hello at actinguppod.com. Get in touch and let us know what's the uh, musical or the play or the show uh, that you miss the most. Now, I've been to see the team at Joe Allen's. And uh, that's, of course, the lovely restaurant, theatre restaurant, where you can go before a show or the stars often go after the show and they've been hosting some special brunches on Sundays where they get people along to sing who are in West End shows and um, it's fairly new so I thought let's ask them about it and start with one of the most recent events they've held. We had three members of the Lion King cast came and did a performance brunch and how wonderful they were. 
Seriously, I have to name them because they were so uh, yes. fantastic. Shannon Taiwo, Owen Chaponda and Sadia McEwen. Absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, they were not permitted to sing songs from the show, but actually it didn't matter at all, no, did it? They sang Aretha Franklin, they sang Sondheim, Jason Robert Brown. I mean, it was just glorious. And, and actually that's kind of nice for the actors as well yeah. because, you know, you do it eight days a week, eight shows a week... Eight days a week. Eight shows a week, and you, you must think, oh, I can do something different. Yes, it is. And Sadia, she won't mind my saying, she only has a few solo lines within the show, so nobody ever gets to see that extraordinary voice. So she was able to, to take that one out for a ride, and everybody loved it. Now, how were the audience? Were they well-behaved? They were very rapt. They sat rapt and glorious. Cling films. <laughs> exactly, yeah. they were. They were. And, and then afterwards, what was lovely, there was a bit of fan-rushing, wasn't there? There was some... Yes. Um, yes. Honestly, there were people saying, I'm going to book Lion King now, I've seen these guys, and they got some more fans. I mean, mm. it was wonderful. They just felt the love. We were a bit worried, weren't we? Because the audience reaction was very British and stayed. Uh, the rest of the place was very still, but I couldn't see their faces because they all had their heads to the back. Uh, is, is that, is that do you think, the intimacy of the place? Because if you were a bigger crowd and the lights are down, no, people... Well, I don't, no, I don't know, but it was very, very intimate. It was beautiful, yes. really yes. beautiful. And I think people were very respectful yeah. and they were on their phones filming yeah, it yeah, and they yeah. held their breath. The minute the song finished, erupted. oh, they erupted. And you realise that they were just holding it in and just then they had the best time. No, it was absolutely lovely. Such so, a nice so given that, are, are others planned? Yes. Yes. Well, we, we'll be writing all the details this week. I'm sweating on the artwork. But um, we've got Come From Away again to pop Fabulous. down at the end of March and... Uh, Show us what they're made of. I'm really hoping that Rachel Tucker will do her song, which is about being a pilot, and it was absolutely beautiful song. Absolutely beautiful. But no I'm pressure. just putting that out there. No pressure. <laughs> just just no. what you love to do when you're doing eight shows a week, as you said, and then you've got to come in on Sunday and belt it out again. So with the performance brunches, um, do you find that you're approaching, obviously, big theatre shows, that they're really receptive to the whole idea? Because, you know, there is that thing of often you can't perform songs from the shows... Um, often people are working very hard anyway. But as we were talking about, sometimes the stars of these shows like to do something different. The, in general, it's very receptive, but it, it exactly that. It depends on how hard, how many shifts, how many shifts, how many shows they're doing. There's a restaurant yes, exactly. <laughs> how many shows they're doing, how much publicity they're doing. I mean, we were talking with one particular show, and then wonderfully for them, they started winning masses and masses and masses of awards. And so in between doing the show, they were having to talk about awards and go on television and do interviews and do this and the other, and they were just broken and there was no way they could do it. So... Yes, yes, it's a very positive thing, but it's not always quite as easy to put together as you'd like. No. Cathy and Josephine at Joel, and they probably love us to go down, actually, so oh, we will do that, won't they're we? They're so much fun, aren't they? Yeah. They're just full of life. They'll, they'll gossip about us. Though, <laughs> <if> we, <laughs> they will. We'll be on their next show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. What's your week looking like, Kerry? You've Ooh, got lots more Calabro. Lots more Calabro. We're up in Western Supermare, and I'm also in... Scotland on Saturday and then I'm at the Royal Albert Hall on Sunday with wow. um, with a beautiful orchestra Ollie Thompson Anna Jane Casey and Alex Gamond doing Let's Face the Music and I can't wait What is that like walking out oh. on the stage at the Royal Albert Hall because it's so vast Oh it's magical there's something about it it just it gives you that buzz you feel a sense of occasion and it's just I have performed there a few times and I always feel very privileged to perform there and I can't wait I'm super excited well, We'll hear all about that next week um, I 
I've uh, him indoors. I've convinced to go to the theatre more. Oh, um, and see company. So, well, so what good. can we go and see this week? Let you know next week. And uh, Johnny <laughs> Johnny Bunyan <laughs> will be back, back with us, recovered from his Yay. chest infection. So, um, have a great week, and don't forget, you can always subscribe right now. ActingUpPod.com is our uh, email address. You could just set, say hello at ActingUp. Pod.com or subscribe and give us a nice review and those five stars. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.